wife. Thank you so much for joining me. Don't forget that if you like the content in this video to like and subscribe the YouTube channel as well, you can catch this podcast on Apple podcasts and Spotify podcasts. Uh, so I want to talk to you today about um, some things that I'm noticing in Christian culture. Again, um, just trying to make it so that, you know, maybe call it out so that we as Christians stop making the same mistakes and so that people who think that all Christians are the same will understand that we're not. Um, pointedly, I just want to say that some Christians are a little bit more judgy than others, but I don't think it comes from a malicious place. It comes from, um, you know, a passion for God. And if you read the Bible, if you're very knowledgeable with it, you know what God wants you to do and what he doesn't want you to do. So I feel like when Christians see people doing things that they're not supposed to do because it's outlined in the Bible as a sin, we're very passionate about it. And some of us a little bit too much. But I just want to um, tell you that not all Christians are like that. You know, um, extremists in every group scream the loudest and they're the smallest. So just keep that in mind if you are a person who's interested in Christianity but isn't really for the culture that you've been seeing, we're not all like that, okay? And I'm gonna call out some things and um, in hopes that as Christians, we can do better and grow the kingdom of God instead of hurting it so much. Um, so what I've been seeing is Christians act like the morality police. I feel like certain Christians think that they're charged with pointing out people's faults, pointing out, oh, hey, that's a sin. You're not supposed to be doing that. And it's really easy to do that now in the digital age, in social media. Everyone has a platform. I'm doing it right now. Like I have a podcast and I'm spreading the news about God and I'm charging Christians to kind of act better. The things that I've noticed um, throughout my journey of Christianity that I think needs to change and the things that are great about it. So um, I just feel like the more these groups, these people with, who have a great heart, um, I'm talking about the Christians, um, they, they um, will, the more you try to pick someone apart um, and, and their lifestyle, the more they're gonna feel attacked. And it's not going to feel like it's coming out of love. And that's the whole thing. It's that like we're supposed to love on people, right? As Christians, we wanna we wanna show everyone our love um, because that's what Jesus would do. We wanna act like Jesus would if he were here today. And I don't think that he would be standing on a podium slamming the Bible figuratively over everyone's head until they listened. You know, it's just he would have more grace, more patience, more love. And that's just something that I want to see uh, more of in the Christian community. Um, you know, it says in John that Jesus came to save the world. He didn't come to judge the world. And he didn't leave that condemnation for us either. So I'm going to call that out right now. Um, I did post something on my Instagram a while ago talking about how Christians need to stop expecting unbelievers to act like Christians and vice versa. And I got a few comments on it saying, well, we're charged, it says in the Bible, that we need to spread the gospel. And if we don't do that, if we let them live in sin, then, then we're not doing our job. And to that, I say there is tact in doing that. Um, 
And again, I'll go back to what I said before in one of my podcasts, you have to have trust with the person. You're not going to convince anybody to follow Jesus by being a keyboard warrior and if they don't know you. Um, you know, a stranger, especially um, nowadays, you know, everyone has their opinions on people whom they've never met. They hear one thing about them and all of a sudden you see them in the comments being called names and, and calling them out for certain things and you don't even know that person. So it's very easy to do and I just think that we need to be cautious with it because everyone is watching Christians. I can tell you that right now. Everyone is waiting for the reaction and sometimes when we react poorly, well, not sometimes, but when we react poorly, you know, you're the ambassadors for God. You're reflecting poorly uh, on God. And so I, I just, I want to stop that. <laughs> um, you know, and I think what it comes down to is respect. And it goes both ways. You know, I know that there are people that don't believe in what I believe in and they think that I'm silly or stupid or, you know, whatever. And they'll call me that or they'll laugh at me. And I mean, it is what it is. I don't have any disrespect for anybody. And I think that's the problem is that we need to respect people and their point of views. You can be friends with someone who has a dif different political view from you, a different religious view from you. You just, you know, maybe you just don't talk about it so that you can preserve the relationship. But they can't be labeled by that. Like, I don't necessarily just want to be labeled as a Christian. That, like, it, it's a big part of me. And I celebrate it and I talk about it, but you know, there's a lot of other things that make me up. You know, I like to work out. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I like to go fishing. You know, there's a bunch of other things. It's not all just encompassed in that one label as a Christian. And it's the same thing, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, I just feel like so many people nowadays, because labels are everywhere, you get pigeonholed. You, you get stuck in a box of that. Oh, she's this. I got to put her over there. I can't talk to her. And it's just not right. You know, I think it comes back to respect and there's a difference between accepting the person for who they are and encouraging a lifestyle that doesn't agree with the Bible. Because I'm telling you right now, for anyone who is living in a certain sin in the Bible, if you stand there in front of them and say, hey, you're going to hell or you better change that because... God's not going to love you or, you know, all this doomsday stuff. They're not going to want to come to God because he seems quite judgy and like, get away from me. You're dirty. And that's not the case at all. What we should be doing is loving them, loving them through it. You don't have to agree with it, but you can accept them as a human being. They're not just that label. So I just, I think that's a really important thing. Um, and I will say too, it's not God so loved believers that he sent his only son. God so loved the world. And that encompasses everybody from all walks of life, from all religious views. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for the world. Now, whoever believes in him won't perish but they'll have everlasting life. But he didn't just say, okay, I'll send it for this group of people and only these people who believe in me. No, no, no. Without getting anything back first, he sent his son and said, this is for the world, everyone in the world. Now it's our turn in the relationship to say, okay, I believe in him and I love him and I'm gonna try and follow his ways.
seems pretty simple. I feel like where it gets messy is Christians, you know, and a lot of things in the world have been done in, uh, in the name of God, in the name of Muhammad, you know, um, and it's done a lot of damage to, you know, Christianity, to, um, you know, the Muslim faith. And, and I just, we have to be really careful of that, that we don't do that in our everyday life. And like I said, it's really easy to do that on social media. Um, you know, and I, as I started thinking about the culture that I'm seeing and, and all of these people who are standing up saying, I'm, I'm righteous and, and you better fall in line or you're going to be in trouble. It, it really, it makes me think about Matthew chapter 18 and, um, it's verse 12. It talks about, uh, well, Jesus says this, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that's lost? What that means is Jesus is going to leave the 99 righteous, the 99 mor morally correct people to go after that one lost soul, that one person who's gone astray, who's let the devil order his steps instead of God. Now, what do you think is going to happen when... Uh, God goes to welcome that sheep back. You know, in the in this case of the parable, the shepherd, do you think that the shepherd is going to take his rod and whack him over the head and, and say, you know, you shouldn't have done that and how dare you leave and what are you doing over here and um, this isn't what we do, this isn't how we um, act? No. Jesus in particular is going to kneel down. He's going to open his arms and he's going to grab up that person, wrap them in his arms and love on them and take them back to safety and let them know that they're safe. Simple as that. So I think we can learn something from that, you know, and, and for those who are 90, the 99 who are righteous, morally correct, you're doing everything by the book. What kind of a testimony is that going to be for Jesus? Of course he's going to chase after the one who's been down in the dumps, who's, who's, like I said, let the devil run his course. Because that, when he comes back to Jesus, that is a powerful testimony. That will reach more people than one person or 99 people who have never gone astray. Because it's relatable. People fail. It's in our nature to fail. It's in our nature to sin and push God away. So when we come back to him and then we can see all the blessings in our life, we can testify and it's going to be a powerful testimony. And that's what we want. You know, you don't go to the doctor when you're well, you go to the doctor when you're sick, right? Um, and so it also, I also watch this show called The Chosen and I really, really like it. I know some people don't like it because not all of it is biblically correct. You know, I've asked my husband a few times, is that, did that actually happen? I don't remember reading that. And he's like, no, I don't think so. So they, they have some artistic um, deviances, but for the most part, it is biblically correct. And I just love how they show Jesus is just this cool guy, really. And he's just going along and, you know, patient with his disciples and he's patient with the Gentiles, with his Jew, the Jews, with his own community, 
who are like stiff arming him. And, um, and it just, it shows how gentle and patient he is. But then it also shows that, you know, he's calling out the Pharisees. You want to talk about the 99 righteous. He called out the Pharisees all the time. He performed miracles on the Sabbath, which you're not supposed to do. And he knew it would throw them into a tizzy. And he called them a brood of vipers. Not once did he ever look at a group of Gentiles and say something like that. You know, the Samaritan woman, he's sitting at a well and this woman comes up. She comes to the well by herself because she has a reputation and a history. And um, so she goes by herself in the heat of the day and he gives her news to spread. You know, Jesus goes to these people who are unusable to do amazing things because again, that is the testimony. That is powerful. These people go with such passion and reverence because they know that it's him. Jesus is here. I'm going to go spread the news to anyone who will listen. And it, isn't it funny that a lot of the people who either turned from Jesus or weren't sure or didn't even believe in him um, had so much passion where the Pharisees who know that this could be coming, they, they read the Bible, they're the keepers of the law, but they're like, no, 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 he's he's blasphemy and, and that's not him. And, and essentially they put him on the cross. Isn't that funny? So what I wanna say with all of that is I think something that we can learn is timing. And I said that before in one of my podcasts, we need to know the timing. And it's really important to do that and and um, and and know when you're supposed to do something. Um, in Acts chapter 16, it's a really good example of that. Paul and Silas, um, this is 16, um, Acts chapter 16, verse 16. So they are charged with going and spreading the gospel, but they're directed only by the Holy Spirit, right? So they wanna go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit says, no, don't go that way. They try to go a bunch of different ways also because they know they need to hear it. And the Holy Spirit goes, no, sends them out west. And then eventually they get to go to Asia. But you need to listen to what when God wants you to do it. Let him guide you and let him provide the words to say. Otherwise, if you do it too soon, they might not be ready for it. And you might not understand what you're saying. So you need to be ready for it. So the timing is really, really important in that. And, um, you know, it also talks about in Matthew 13, there's another parable about, um, sorry, about throwing seeds. You know, this farmer, he just throws seeds everywhere. It's Matthew 13. And it says, um, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. This is what Jesus is saying. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, fertile soil, and they produced a crop. It takes patience and time and care, right? To, to plant your crop. 
So you need to make sure that you have good soil. If you're going out there and just spreading the seeds and throwing them where they may, you're wasting a lot because as it said, some fell on a footpath and birds ate it. There goes some of your crop. Some fell into rocky um, soil that wasn't deep enough. They grew, but the sun scorched them and they died. You have to make sure that the people who you are talking to are ready to hear you. That they have an understanding to a point that they will take that seed and, and put it in the soil and let it grow. And then you can help them water it, right? So you have to be really, really careful. And I just see so many people taking the seeds and just throwing them out, letting them smack people where they may. And it, it's just not right. It's not careful. And again, you're the ambassador of God and that looks kind of messy and it's not right. So we need to be really careful. And, you know, there's also in Ecclesiastes um, uh, chapter three, verse seven, it says there's a time to listen and there's a time to speak. And you need to understand when that timing is. My example is um, a couple weeks ago, I missed putting out a podcast because it was a really deep topic um, and I knew it was important and I had recorded it a bunch of times, but my first one, I was really judgy and I came off, I came across as like chastising Christians, which isn't something that I want to do. I don't want anyone who's ever listening or watching this to feel like I'm judging them, that I'm sitting here as a pastor's wife, like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Like, no, I'm letting God speak through me. You know, this is terrifying for me, but I am being obedient to God. So when I was recording that, I just didn't have a calmness in my spirit. I thought if I rush it out, it's going to fall flat. People aren't going to get it. Some people may be offended. And so I just prayed to God and I felt him say, you know what? Wait on it then. Just sit and wait. And I did. And then eventually I was able to put out something that encompassed everything that I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it that whole thing of think before you speak, right? You have to, not only do you have to think about what you're going to say, you have to think about your delivery too. It's really, really important. Context means everything. That's why you should never text anything that's important because no one knows how you're saying it. You have to speak to the person, let them hear your words and your voice and your tone, right? So you want to make sure that God is the one guiding your step. The Holy Spirit is going to guide you to who needs to hear what you have to say, and more often than not, God's going to give you the information to say. You know, Chris, my husband, Chris, is a really great example of that. He volunteers for rock missions every single Tuesday. And, you know, he doesn't go out there and, and hand people a sandwich and say, oh, God loves you. You know, oh, in rock mission, it's, um, if you don't know about it, it's called Reach Out CK. It's where um, they have all these different routes Chris goes to designated houses and places where people are. Now, his route is more so, um, you know, there's drug users and there's homeless and, you know, he goes to the shelter sometimes and um, more often than not, he's trying to find people in the street. So, um, you know, these are the forgotten people of our city who are just, they need to be loved on more than anybody. They need to be loved on. No, they're not forgotten. So, you know, it's really something when Chris goes out and, and, you know, people ask, well, what do you do for a living? And he doesn't hide the fact that he's a pastor, but he's also not like shoving his views down anyone's throat. He waits, he builds a trust with them. And then eventually, you know, people come around, come around saying, you know, would you pray for me? Or, 
they end up talking about their experiences with Jesus or with a church that they used to be at or letting them know, you know, when I was a kid, we went to church, you know, and, and it kind of opens the door for Chris. And then he can plant the seed and he can take time watering it. And eventually there's been a few times where we've had people come out to our gatherings on Sunday. And it's just so amazing that you get to see the care that he's taken and to see that bloom. And so I think that a lot of us can learn from that. At the end of the day, you want to attract people to God by your love, not by your judgment, you know, and you want to showcase that the best way that we can show people how God is working in your life is how you live. What's your testimony? How has God blessed you? Do you give him the glory all the time something goes right? Or do you take it for yourself? When times are good, do you still, do people still see you praising God and giving all the glory to him? Because I know it's really easy to do when things are bad, but you got to do it when things are good too. Eventually people are going to see you go through something and they're going to say, how did you even get through that? And you're going to say, with God, you know, and, and the kindness that you show everybody, even your enemies, even the people you don't get along with, the people you don't agree with. Again, this Bible is summed up into two basic principles, love God and love people. You know, how much nicer would the world be if we all just got along? How many times have we said that? You know, you make fun of beauty pageants. What do you want? World peace. Well, you do that through love. It is achievable, but it starts with, you know, the people who are screaming really loud, wanting everyone to come to Jesus, tone it down a little bit. Right now, I think is the time to nurture, be patient and show grace. Eventually, in end times, when you have to pick, when, when you no longer can be lukewarm or, or bold, or sorry, you want to be bold in end times. You know, there's going to be time that that time is going to be where lukewarm Christians are going to have to pick a side, yes or no. And you can be as bold as you want at that point because man alive, you better make a choice, but still show some grace and love. Don't be judgy about it. So right now, I think we need to heal what Christianity has done in the past, you know, some of the things that have been done. Um, and we need to make sure that we're loving on groups instead of ostracizing them, instead of, you know, making them feel like even if they wanted to know Jesus, they're not allowed. They're not welcome. They're not part of the cool crowd. Like, it's not what you want. Definitely not. So again, love God, love people, don't be so judgy, and don't label everybody. They're not just their label. All right. I hope that you enjoyed this video. Um, I hope that you found it encouraging. If you'd like to chat, send me a message. I have my socials attached in the chat and description below. Um, and if you have anything that you want me to talk about, I definitely will. Um, I feel like God has charged me with talking about things that some Christians just don't want to talk about and it might be something worthwhile to bring attention to. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic evening and join me next week for Confessions from a Pastor's Wife. Mm -hmm.